0: So Morgan, you said you were watching like episodes of the circle.
1: Hell yeah. How
0: Knocked far that up. But you okay. have, um how far in are you?
1: The episode where the celebrity comes in, the one after that. I'm just trying not to give spoilers, but
0: okay. I'm trying to remember. Oh, oh, oh. Tara
2: Alicia and Savannah were like, bitch, let's fight. That's the one. I didn't even after get that far. I'm on episode one. Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have TV at home yet. Oh, that's true. I don't live in the dark ages. It's just moving (laughs) socks.
1: The first thing we set up was our internet.
2: It's going to be transferred on the day of our closing. So if you need to, feel free to come over. Our internet was set up. We just didn't have a TV set up. I've been working Mm. there for like a week or two now. If you need help setting up your TV, yes, I'm nominating you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, by the time this comes out, I hope you have TV. Thank you. I hope I've seen the episode you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This
0: this season is just very, like, drama and catty. I was just
2: talking to Zach
1: about that. Like, it's very different compared to last season. I feel like last season, like, truly everyone was, like, trying to be friends. Yeah. And, like, this time it's like shade 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 all oh, yes.
2: the shadiest people like mm-hmm. i'm here to be the villain i was like all right well you can't all be here to be the villain i need granted, one person
0: yeah granted i think with these new episodes that came out because they're doing them on like four right. episode right you know releases or whatever i think it's kind of changing not that there isn't a little bit of drama but now i'm like okay these people i do enjoy a lot yeah. so okay. there's okay. one person's my favorite but i don't know um
1: are they new? Hepburn.
0: No, the new- they're original. I love Lee. I want Lee, mm-hmm. aka River, aka River, the guy with the afro. I want him to go at least a top five. The writer, yes. Oh my gosh, he yep. is cute. He is sweet. <laughs>
2: his- I want to read he his gets
0: books. emotional sometimes. Oh my gosh, he he cries. <gasps> cries. Like, he's Like that is crying. so sweet.
2: Oh my, yeah. like, genuine ass tears. Like he's yes. crying. He was literally. I watched episode one, and he was really sweet. Yeah. I was la- dying. What what acronym did he find out what it means? He's like, YOLO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you say that again? Yeah, he's like, Yeah. No. You only live once again. Now what was
1: YOLO again? Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've been studying what River might say. And I was like, oh God. Oh yeah. Yes. Do
1: you remember? Um, I was just telling Zach this too, but do you remember uh, Chris from last season? Yes. yes. Um, I follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And hey. he and Lee and Lee's partner went out for lunch, and it was so Aww. cute. That is so cute.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I am
1: so Chris. They're so genuine. I was like, yeah, they are. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even though he is playing a catfish, he's it's it's just like he's using like a younger picture. Yeah, but it's like, literally just him. Yeah. yeah. And you said you're not caught up. Correct. You will have to let me know what you think. I mean, because sure the gonna last be in the couple background. episodes yeah. were crazy because they were doing Ooh. all these new things too. Which at first I was like, meh. But I don't know. Maybe because it's more popular, they're doing some different things. Okay. Like okay. similar, but there's a few different little additions they added oh. which there was one at the end of this last episode that i think is pretty funny and fun so
2: okay.
0: yeah i have to <laughs> let me know once you get caught up
2: okay okay
0: yeah but i am enjoying
2: it oh i loved the last season so yeah yes towards the end of last season they tried to have like instill more drama I remember there so. was like a whole thing where it was like call someone out do you remember they're was- doing a lot of that yeah this season yeah yeah. Like one of the games, or something was like you have to call out someone about something. Oh, I remember. Was that I,
0: the one where they posted a picture and they had to like a picture of themselves and they made a hashtag and then
2: or it, was it was the different? week after, I think. Okay, like that came out to like kind of spark some heat because that one they guy did from something Chicago, pretty similar, like did a stab at someone. And like, That's not funny. We're friends here. Like, oh, oh, okay, right.
0: never mind. I think I know what you're talking and about. And then
2: the next challenge was like. Who yeah. do you think is fake or something? Like, yeah. you had to point Yeah. That's like, what if it was. you had to pick a catfish, who would it be? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. We'll wait till uh, we should get to the episode where they play Truth or Dare this season.
2: Ooh. And okay. Talk
1: about drama. Woo. Woo. Okay. Yeah,
0: definitely drama filled. Okay. I'm ready. But the mm-hmm. good
1: kind. You know, I do.
2: I truly, really do not like reality TV that much, but this. Yes, me either. This and Too Hot to Handle just sucked me in mm-hmm. i don't know what netflix is doing but um, i'm into it because i do not watch like big brother or any of mm-hmm. that no it's too hot to handle i can That's what i'm saying not yeah my eyes off the screen. i don't do
1: bachelor i don't do bachelor Red. Red. i don't i don't like the kardashians i don't any of that yeah but truly it's um good. not to switch subjects but more of uh probably like our listeners speed mm-hmm. uh have you seen the commercials for cruel summer
0: no. I don't know what that
1: is. Oh, my God. It is all over my Snapchat. It is on Hulu. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but you might have heard of it. It was on... Well, shit. I thought it was on Netflix. I don't know. Anyway, Jessica Biel. Mm-hmm. Drew, I didn't know she was part of the direction
2: for Sinner. I've do you heard... Sinner? No, I've heard ads on my um, Spotify.
1: Okay. Sinner was on Netflix, so I guess she switched teams, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and... And... It was, every season was like a different storyline, but there was one main oh. character who stayed the same. I think it was the detective. It was cool. very good. It hasn't, co- like a new season of that hasn't come out in a while, but season one was crazy. But then I've been watching these commercials for Cruel Summer. I cannot wait. I okay. cannot wait. It looks so good. Jessica Beale directs it. And it is, from what, from the like commercials I've seen in like a little snippet, the first uh preview i saw was it's like shows the year at the bottom so Mm -hmm. i think it's like 93 four and five it's like three consecutive years okay and the first one is this girl like sleeping in bed and you like hear her dad come in and he's like happy birthday and like has a cake and she's like oh my god thanks dad and then like it like cuts and then it says like 94 and it's her boyfriend like sitting on her bed and he's like happy birthday beautiful and she's like thank you and then it cuts to 95 and you see her in bed and like her dad's like get up your lawyer's here and she's oh. like which one he goes does it matter
2: oh happy birthday by the way and then it's psh, that's it it looks so fucking good that sounds so much cooler than the spotify ads can spotify step it up because i wanted <laughs> not know part of what they were saying this sounds more interesting oh i'm so excited they were like, from director Jessica Beale, Watches 116 one 16 year old who had it all is swapped out for another. Who took her place? And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <my> yeah. <laughs> and like, that's the thing
1: is, they like sprinkle a little bit in that with like the other one. So, like, it basically oh. shows you a little bit more about the story. I've mm-hmm. heard it's this popular girl's perspective over the three years and then mm. this girl's perspective over the three years and she Ooh. does change so like she's a little oh. miss nerdy girl dad wishes her happy birthday then she turns into this like you know teenage vixen or whatever the uh-huh, hell yeah it's, like wears chokers and it changes her life and then what, she gets breasts yeah <laughs> her, literally and then gets a boyfriend and then dad can't look at her anymore mm-hmm. and, and so i'm very excited for that i don't You'd think I'd remember when it comes out, based on how many times I've seen the commercials, but literally all of my Instagram, or er, Snapchat ads is that. And Instagram, actually. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Targeted ads. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: God. I looked up one dog vitamin, and now it's... Oh, God. I hate my life. Anyway. Hi, welcome to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Morgan. <laughs> I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. And uh, this is episode 65, ladies. Stay Woo. alive. Stay alive. <laughs> <laughs>
2: 65, 65. <laughs> 65. Yeah, that was good uh sarah you have the game for us today yes we are going to practice being ladies oh. um oh. so we're gonna do a walk-off challenge with books on our head and the person who can do the most books goes first whoa the most books so i thought we'd start with like one or two and then if we can go like you know to this pole or whatever We'll I have um, some okay. real life
1: girl problems here. Um, my hair is greasy. I don't think this is playing into my favor. <laughs> uh,
2: y'all know I woke up 10 minutes ago, so <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes, Um, good morning. We're actually recording bright and early on a Saturday. Because, uh, I'm moving. Erin is going on vacay. Um, so we have to get some recordings done so we uh keep you guys happy.
2: Yeah. And
1: uh, got up, had our coffee and our Red Bulls and ready to bring you some action. So. I'm going to go balance some books on my head. <laughs> All right. woohoo! That was a good game. Wow. Thank you. I feel like a, like, royalty.
0: I did a lot better than I thought I was going to, so.
1: Sarah, you want to tell what happened when we put books on our heads? Or? I,
2: being the lady that I am, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say let you guys win. No, I lost. Um, by, like, a centimeter. Granted, so we all got to the four yeah, bookmarks. So book hmm Some book mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of them were hardbacks, some of them were paperbacks. So some... it was it was challenging. Literally, try it at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try this game at home, kids. It's very difficult. We
1: did one book, see, we make it to a to a designated to a mark. Yep. Two, three, and then four. We couldn't make it to the designated mark. But nope. but I went the furthest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Morgan won. Yeah.
1: All right. So, uh, oh yeah. I was like, what's my topic? <laughs> Here we go.
2: Mermaids. Bish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now nah, that deserves its own episode. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> episode 65. Coming at ya. Okay, so, um, I wanted to do another cursed object, but I stepped away from the book I usually use and went with the Google gods. And the first article, while mostly contained well-known ones and ones that were included in the book I usually use, one caught my eye, and it's the Curse of King Tut.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: So, uh, while I did specifically want to talk about old Common, <laughs> the lore...
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's his name! I don't know why I think old Tutankhamun was like, you know. Talk
1: about old Tutankhamun. Common. Um, <laughs> the lore of a curse doesn't stop and start with him. As SmithsonianJourneys.org explains, quote, The curse of the pharaohs is a strong belief that anyone who should disturb a mummy or a pharaoh's tomb will be cursed. While many think this is a simple over-dramatization to keep people from vandalizing the historic areas and graves... Others truly feel these um, cursed tombs are real, and especially that of King Tut. There are a lot of stories that uh, circulate. So first, we need to know King Tut's tomb was opened for the first time in 1922. But some sources say 1923. So we're going to say 19 early 1920s it was opened. Okay. Okay. I literally saw a mix of both. I did see more 1922s, but... Hmm. Good job keeping that uh, notated very well. Team. <laughs> great. Yeah. Great. Um, so King Tutankhamun was awoken from his permanent slumber, and that's when wild things started happening. The two gentlemen, Howard Carter and his friend George Herbert, are who, quote, ceremoniously opened the long... Cons-
2: Emphasis on sarah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man, I'm dead. I never... Wow. It was a nice pause moment. I was like, let's slip it. Let's slip it in. Man,
1: I have a word here and I wrote it so bad. (coughs) I hate when I do that. Oh, I see. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. So Howard Carter and his good old buddy, George Herbert, uh, they quote, ceremoniously opened the long observed burial chamber of the boy Pharaoh.
2: Oh. Mm -hmm.
1: Which that's pretty bold to just get in someone's tomb, like, even for archaeological... Hello, here is your permanent burial place. Let's wake you up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then let's take you out and put you on display in museums. Just like you wanted.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Totally what he wanted. Uh, Once opened, it was determined it had been, quote, sealed for more than 3,200 years, according to History.com. They state... The tomb's vast hoard of artifacts and treasure intended to accompany the king into the afterlife revealed an an incredible amount about his royal life in ancient Egypt and quickly made King Tut the world's most famous pharaoh. To help paint a better picture of him um, and who he was, Precurs, quote, Tut was likely a product of incest, After DNA tests, it seems his mother is his father's sister. Wait. Okay, got it. So his daddy and his auntie had him. Ah, delicious. Mm Mm-hmm. They feel that this this caused Tut's cleft palate and club foot. Tut even married his half-sister, which led to two sadly stillborn children who were in his tomb as well. Oh. So this was leaving him with no living heirs. He died at 19, and it is stated his death may have been an accident. While he was found with a hole in the back of his head (laughs) and thought that it, thought that this, uh, had, wait, oh, sorry, sorry. The gun
2: accidentally went out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: because there was guns back then. But. Right. um, No. Right. (laughs) But. Um, they thought that that was the cause of his death, was this, like, hole in the back of his head, like, somebody struck him or whatever. But, after, like, learning more about the process of mummification, um, this could have been part, just part of the process of embalming slash mummification of the body.
2: Oh, Because they
1: didn't know. I mean, this is not 2000 anything. Right. Like, I mean, they had no idea how to get rid of body parts and fluids. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. Yes. I should have said I should've said morning. Anyway. Uh so a study on his body in two thousand five, quote, revealed he broke his leg and developed an infection in the wound shortly before death. End quote. Further DNA tests in twenty ten showed he had malaria, which could have contributed to his death. So this boy
2: was suffering at the end. Like he was sick. Mm -hmm. Literally, you know. Often say like we have the greatest modern medicine. Like our health plan isn't like awesome, but oh my god! You broke a bone and you're probably like dead. Like yeah. he's a, yeah. and, like you know for a fact that
1: he was like taken care of too. Like that's mm-hmm. highest up, right? So if they found him and he was injured or like he did hurt himself, like you know that he's not lifting a finger. Right. So like already he's not. So the fact that he developed an infection from that and got malaria is like
2: ooh. Now if you break no a bone, hope. your biggest issue is what color is my cast gonna be? Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this era. I will stay here. Despite its issues. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, again, thanks to smithsonianjourneys.org. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the curses that have been noted. So there's a lot more. There's some that are minor. There's some that affect people. There's one in here that affects an animal. Um, so here we go. We'll start with the animal. Uh, so Howard Carter, again, Howard Carter is one of the ones who excavated his tomb Mm of his friend um, his pet canary was eaten by a cobra. The crazy thing is, is why they think it was cursed, is the cobra just magically appeared in Howard's home. Like, never had a snake problem. Never. As soon as this happened, a cobra popped in his house and
2: ate his bird. You know, I might also think that's weird. Like, oh. surprise!
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um and again, uh this to reiterate and I'm sure like you'll figure out when I start saying who how these people are related, it's not just the people who like touch the tomb, but people in the extended family of these people. And like Ooh. literally I I have a whole like just bulleted list here of like who they are and what happened. There was way more. So if you'd like to, obviously I'll have my sources cited, but the Smithsonianjourney.org is just one site that had some. And mm-hmm. I just figured they were pretty yeah. valid. Um, Sir Bruce Ingham, Carter's friend, his house burned down twice, a paperweight made from a mummified hand, scary enough, the wrist was wearing a bracelet that said, cursed be he who moves my body, to him shall come fire, water, and pestilence. And he just said...
2: Nah, they don't mean it. hmm mm-hmm.
1: He made a paperweight out of it.
2: <gasps> That's exactly what I want my body to go to later.
1: Fuck science. Let's make a paperweight out of my wrist and hand. I do
2: have dainty wrists.
1: <sighs> Just enough to support the
2: bracelet yes. and move on. Yeah. That in itself, can you imagine going in someone's office and them being like, oh yeah, like here's all my books. Here's my real life <laughs> hand paperweight. Mm-hmm. Don't touch, it's curse. Like, here's my globe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who is this man? Yeah. Oh, just a friend. He wasn't like he was just gifted
1: this thing and it happened. So,
2: he was like, even weirder. Cool. Imagine Christmas morning. Here, Morgan, I got you a gift you're going to love. It's a hand I'd a probably projectile
1: vom everywhere. Ew. Like no if hands or butts about it.
2: Did you just make a pun? If hands Oh, I thought you. Haha. I thought
1: you. Oh my wow. oh, god. Guns. See, I do that and I don't even know. <laughs> That's why I need you around. See? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> if ever. hands are butts.
2: Oh, God, I mislead. No, sleep. if All right. hands are butts. Are or butts.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, ew. Okay.
2: Oh. Anyway, moving on. Do not give me that for Christmas. <coughs> Here's
1: a mummified ass. Um, that would be a
2: little funnier, though.
1: You know, I'd rather have, like, a um, plaster cast of someone's butt than their actual. I'll keep that in mind for mm-hmm. my will. Yeah. Um. Speaking of sidebar, uh, did you know some people... um. We may have talked about this. uh, Gift their tattoos to family when they die. (gasps) They literally cut cut the layer of skin and put it in a picture frame.
0: They can't just make like a little fun artistic drawing take of a the tattoo, it.
1: right? Yeah, a little picture. Turn the tattoo, like if mine's since mine's around my arm, have an artist like take a picture of all yeah. angles and then make it like that's, a mural. Yeah,
0: that's what I would think. Uh huh.
1: You're gonna hate it. I you like it? I don't. I don't like it. Would you like one of mine when I die?
2: <laughs> if it was like one of your last wishes, and like if I, I don't know. I don't if think someone wanted you to have it, you'd be honest. Yes. I don't think it's the weirdest thing. It's weirder if I'm like, man, Morgan's tattoo is cool. Hey, Undertaker, can you just slice a bit of that correct, tat correct. off? Correct, correct. It's, it- it's the people whose tattoos, they like, they do Yes.
1: It. I mean, honestly, yeah. I see both sides of it. I personally do not want that in my home because t- to me, tattoos are for like my body mm-hmm. and like my, just my physical presence. Not my, that doesn't equal my soul. But at the same time, People make jewelry out of ashes and carry yep, around that's
0: pieces what, of hair. And that's what my mom wants. She's very bent on just being like, "Hey, you're gonna get this. My ashes are gonna be in it. You're gonna wear it." And I said, "I don't need you haunting me for the rest of my life." So no.
2: <laughs> I have heard this so many times. Your mom is
0: serious about this. Except it's so funny because I'm like, "Well, Dad's not gonna do it," and she's like, "Yes, your father will," and I'm like, oh, "I don't think so." <laughs> you have, you're giving him way too much credit. Oh, I damn. don't think he will. But for whatever reason, that's what she wants. And I'm like,
2: "Mm, I don't know. Would you rather the necklace or the framed tattoo? I'd rather the necklace. Okay. Well, there you go. I'd rather the framed tattoo, I think. (sighs) I'm lying. I don't think I'd want that. How does
0: that, like, how do you, like, preserve the skin so it doesn't, like... I think they
1: just put, like, embalming fluid on it. I don't, I really don't know. That's what I was curious Um, about. Like, do you think that would, like, stink
2: (laughs) or, like... I think by the time you get it, it's not going to stink. Because...
1: From what I've seen, they, like, okay, so let's just say, like, okay, I have a little umbrella tattoo on my wrist. That's a lot mm-hmm. easier than, like, a sleeve. Right. But they'll literally, like, cut all the way down to the dermis mm-hmm. of your skin, which is where the ink sits. Mm. And mm. then just, like, I think they just kind of, like, <sighs> warning, skip ahead if you'd like, like, tan it like leather. Like Ooh, like, okay. Think about, yeah. like, uh, um, American Horror Story. Where he had the asylum, where he had like the lamps. Well,
2: no, I was thinking that lady from, um, mm. like Germany. She had like was rumored to have all the lamps and stuff. The belt, the nipple belt. Ooh,
1: ooh that's not what I was thinking oh, of. sorry. But, ooh,
2: people do weird stuff. Yeah. Their skin. So anyway, that's it's more. um, It's not
1: like the. Muscle yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I see what, what you're
2: what saying. What I'm saying is, I wouldn't keep it like in my living or dining room, but I would keep it somewhere. Is in that drawer the drawer, and I night, just. Good night. <laughs> in my bedroom can in i, I storage <laughs> uh
1: re- rewind i want option c uh i would like to be tr- uh put into the fetal position and then uh put a giant tr- flowering tree seed and then i nurture the tree seed i've seen that actually and then like, a tree comes from me and then that'd be cool if a flower grows on the tree you can take one flower and like make that into a paperweight and that- that's cute That's nice. Yeah. And it's pretty. I'll keep that in mind. Be like, oh, it's my mom's tree. And people will be like, oh, like a tree in her backyard. And you're like, (laughs) kind (laughs) of. That was like the
2: kombucha face.
1: You were like, you were like.
2: "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) When I'm just thinking like casual dinner conversation with someone who isn't as like creepy as us. Like, Oh yes my mom's buried right there you can yes. see with the tree yeah mm-hmm. where there's like a fresh bouquet of flowers
1: and the, <laughs> my, it's, uh, my mom is buried beneath the garden so it's yeah. nourished by her by her body and everyone's like oh cool we'd like to take
2: one home <laughs>
1: <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> oh so yes anyway sir bruce he was cursed af i'm sorry like one it's kind of like the freaking crying boy like your house burned down
2: twice you know okay i know i keep hanging off Everything burns out except for he has a crying boy painting. Except for the mummified hand, we don't know. Oh my god! Right, and when it crawls away like the Addams Family. Uh huh.
1: (laughs) The bracelets just jingling.
2: (laughs) 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 What? Time to head back. (laughs) I'm coming
1: for you, Papa. (laughs)
2: Did we just make up our own scary movie? It's an Alex and Ani bracelet. Yeah, like jingles. Yes. (laughs)
1: The charm is what says, the, the little curse. Yes. Oh, it's translated into that. It's just his bracelet with an Alex Ami.
2: My new cricket can engrave metal. I may be making cursed bracelets. There's a market up sure. for Yeah.
1: Can, blessed from us. Yes. Yes. We could curse other people, though. <coughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yes. Um, Also, in advance, sorry if I mispronounce any of these names. You know I can't. Uh, Lord Carn... I said it. I said it. Carnivron, Lord Carnivron. He was a sponsor of the dig. Well, he died by blood poisoning.
0: Ew. Um,
1: a mosquito bite. <laughs> I, I
0: mean, that, that's the gross one. Well, I just no. I meant like that's a terrible way to go. Yeah. I is. could only. Ooh,
1: and no. granted, it was just a mosquito bite that caused this, but at the same time, it's like. Okay, you were involved in the dig, and this happened to you. Kind of a weird thing to die from. That would hurt, I bet. Yeah, I bet. I don't know what it entails, but... And then George J. Gould, or Gold, he simply visited the tomb, got sick very quickly, and then died of pneumonia. Like, weekdays within... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Also, I'm just gonna go ahead and give a trigger warning for this next one, so if you want to skip ahead, like, a minute... Uh, Hugh Evelyn White. He committed suicide after visiting slash possibly excavating and wrote in blood upon his death, I have succumbed to the curse which forces me to disappear.
2: Whoa. Mm -hmm. Dark. Sorry, my jaw is agape. Yeah. Uh,
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, hence the trigger warning. It was a little dark. Uh, Aaron Ember, his... uh, his home caught on fire. Oh, also, this is this is sad, so it's not trigger warning, but if you want to skip ahead. Sorry, ladies, you can't. Um, <laughs> uh, his home caught on fire, and while his wife went in to get their son, she told him to go in and get the manuscript he had been working on. Sadly, he, their maid, and the entire family died in the fire. Quote, the manuscript he was working on, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I just got goosebumps. Ew. Yep. I'm going. No! And then Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, he simply x-rayed the mummy, got sick, and passed away three days later.
2: Should they be in, like, hazmat suits?
0: Yeah, that's too many deaths to be, like, coincidental. So,
1: some people are saying, well, maybe, like, the air in the tomb Mm. was toxic. Or there was something in the old embalming fluid that... But, if you think about it, how many other digs have there been how many other mummies have been discovered lots and that's you don't hear about like they have the curse of the pharaohs which means like of course like if you disturb them you potentially yeah but that's a lot for one little 19 year old
2: uh excuse me one 19 year old pharaoh Mm mm-hmm Almost called a little dude that's rude I mean, he may not have been that nice. I don't imagine he yeah, was being pleasing people.
0: Right. Was it just because he was, I don't know, so high up that they really didn't want people to find him? I don't
1: know. I mean he was
2: I don't know. I can believe the air is toxic. That doesn't explain the house burnings and everything else. Um, and the person who pictured yeah, him yeah. in a different
1: facility? True. Like, what? Yeah. And a cobra just slips slathering into this guy's house and eating his bird? It's rude. Yeah, He's if they never. If yeah. they all
0: died like the same way, then I'd be I'm questioning be, it a bit more but Right,
2: right It's all weird ass shit Yeah so. The cobra is very weird Wait mm-hmm. Poor bird Where did this guy live? Who? The cobra in Common? Where did the cobra live? <laughs> like where did The oh. cobra The cobra attack <laughs> I th- Was it in America or was it in Egypt? You know what I don't even know why I'm asking I don't know where cobras live i am um, imagine they only live in Egypt I
1: don't know It didn't say like a king cobra So I think there are more than one cobra <gasps> Oh
2: There are more than one
1: snake Regardless, yeah. somewhere if he was staying in Egypt or home, his little pepper died. So I said, "Yeah." So I end it with the question of, "Do you think the curse is real or fake?" Dun dun dun. Think on that, listeners.
2: <laughs> I need to sneeze.
1: So I mean, it's real or yeah,
2: it's attacking me. The curse sneeze. Is yeah. yeah, sneeze
0: yeah. if you think it's real.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So with that. That's all I got for you. Went a little different this time. So
0: yeah, about I,
1: it. Ooh, I love Egyptian stuff. I think that was the most research Very I've done in a bit. So, cool. feel good. Feel that like was a, really cool. I feel like a kid, like showing my teachers, like, did I do good?
2: <laughs> Gold star, Morgan.
1: <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, and uh, with that, Erin, I'm passing it off to you, ma'am.
2: Woo! Alright,
0: so like Morgan mentioned, I will be going on a little vacation, so I will be in Tampa. Granted, when this comes out, I'll be like getting ready to head back from Tampa, but whatever. Still. Uh, still. So I will be covering a Tampa serial killer
2: Ooh. named Oscar Ray Boleyn. I've never heard of Mr. Oh, Boleyn. Is he related to Anne Boleyn? Mm, He's the other Boleyn girl. <laughs> <laughs> Up! Oh <laughs> hey, my Henry.
1: God! Wow! See, this is why I need you. You build off of what I say and make it ten times funnier. <laughs>
2: Just—I'm surprised
1: I even remembered the name Bolin. Like,
2: mm-hmm. wow. I'm just imagining a very tan old Flor- like Floridian man. Like, hey, Mr. King, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have a cigar in his hand as well. I heard you're looking for a son.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so we already know he's a serial killer.
2: Correct. Right.
1: We already know he is in a. I'm sorry, Floridians. Florida's crazy. Lots of crazy things happen there.
0: It took me a bit to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah, because there was a lot to choose from. I mean, you type
1: in Florida man.
0: Yep. Yeah. You
1: ever played the game where you type in Florida yeah. man and then the day and this your was just.
0: This was just Tampa. Oh, my God. Mine was, do you, do you remember what yours was? I typed that in whenever it was going it. around, and mine was Florida man throws, like,
1: an alligator into a drive-thru <laughs> window. <laughs> mine, and like, I think mine was, like, stupid. Like, oh, not yeah. cool. I was like, why is that not mine? Yeah. Florida man and then your date. Yeah. Of your birthday. Just, not the year, but just the year.
2: Florida man asked cops <laughs> to test his illegal drugs. <laughs> All right, now i got to check what mine is. Florida Man. And my parents willingly chose to move there.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go.
2: I need some more Bold. of
0: these. So if listeners are tuning in, you need to send us what yours are. Oh, because yes. these are pretty funny.
1: Oh. Did you find one? Yeah, well, one's about a bomb, so that's out. Uh, the And the top two are the same, and it's Florida Man caught on camera licking doorbell.
0: Ooh. Yum.
1: Ooh. Cool, great, awesome. It's gross. Like
0: Sarah says, delicious. I think <laughs> I'd like have the alligator through
1: my drive-thru window, but that's just me.
2: I love... They're my favorite animal. I love it from behind, like, thick glass. I don't know if I would love it flying in through my minimum wage I'm picturing, like, jobs. a baby.
1: Like, a bit, like... Oh, uh, it maybe. does have
2: to fit through. Why would...
1: Aaron, like to was this?
0: Case. I'm gonna be here all day. <laughs> like was there? I should have like read the article more. Like was there a
1: person there he didn't like? Yeah. Was this all just was random? Just like kidding. she goes
0: to open and is like, "Here you go," and, and pet, it's just
1: his pet alligator. shimmies through. Like what happened?
0: I'm sure. I think it was a small one. But it's I probably still baby.
2: no. Think they're like, "Ma'am, your card's declined." Well, this isn't declined. <laughs> <laughs> declined. I'll show you declined.
1: Cha-cha. <laughs> Give me them fingers. Ah! All right. Sorry. We had to look that out. All right. Serial killers. Just. Yeah. All right. I'm prep. I'm prep. Let's get
2: serious. Serious. All right. All we right. should record in the morning tomorrow. I know. I'm, yes. feeling, I'm feeling jazzed.
0: Mm-hmm. On December 5th, 1986, police discovered the body of 26 year old Terry Lynn Matthews by railroad, uh, railroad tracks in Pasco County, Florida. The previous evening, Terry had finished up her shift at the bank she worked at and left to visit her boyfriend, Gary McClellan, who lived at his parents' home in Tampa. Once Terry arrived, the couple grabbed a bite to eat and hung out at Gary's parents' home until around 2 a.m. when Terry decided to make the 30-mile drive back to Pasco oh, County. Oh, just
1: sleep on the couch.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: That's late. Oh, my God. I'm in REM at that point. Oh, my God. Okay.
0: Yeah, I I didn't look up necessarily what day it was, so maybe she had work the next morning or something. Oh, you're
1: right. Okay, so
0: she drove back to Pasco County, where she lived with her mother and stepfather, when around like 30 to 40 minutes went by without a word from Terry, which was pretty unusual for her not to like, let him know that she made it back safe. Uh-huh. Gary grew worried. He called Terry's mother and learned that she never made it home. He jumped into his car and started driving towards Pasco County, keeping an eye out for any sign of Terry's red Honda along the way. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe she had, you know, broken down or something. So he's driving, and when he reaches Land O'Lakes, Florida, Gary spotted a post office and was just about to pass by until he recognized a red car in the parking lot. Gary went to investigate, and he immediately knew the unattended car was Terry's. The lights had been left on and mail addressed to her and her parents were scattered on the ground near the vehicle. (gasps) Terry was reported as missing and police conducted a search of the post office. They looked at surveillance footage um, that was at the building and they believed a person that had been caught on camera around 2.48 a.m. was Terry. Both Terry and her parents had post office boxes at that facility and Terry would usually stop by to pick up their mail on her way home. So the woman caught on camera was likely her. Okay. Yeah, plus he's going to the post office at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. At the crime scene, Terry's body was discovered wrapped in a single bed sheet. Officers noted that she was fully clothed, besides her feet, which were bare, but her, like, body and her clothes were, like, strangely wet. Oh. Mm-hmm. Terry had been stabbed in the neck and chest, and she had suffered from blunt force trauma to the head. At the scene, police could make out the impression of tire tracks on the ground, um, on the sand. Crime scene technicians studied the tracks and determined that a large vehicle had to have made it to the scene from an adjoining road. The only physical evidence police collected was DNA from three semen stains found on Terry's slacks. Um, McClelland, um, Terry's boyfriend, was quickly ruled out because his DNA was not a match Mm -hmm. to the DNA collected at the scene. However, they had no other suspects to compare the DNA evidence to, and the case just went cold. Four years later, in 1990, police finally got a break in the case when they received a tip from an Ohio man. The man told officers that his wife, Cheryl Kobe, had previously lived in Florida when she was married to her ex-husband, Oscar Ray Boleyn. Before she had parted ways with Oscar, he had confessed to murdering Terry Matthews, and when Cheryl had remarried, she had told him, her husband, about this confession. Officers decided they couldn't let this tip go, and some of them were tasked with traveling to Ohio to interview Cheryl regarding her ex-husband's murder confession.
1: Wow, how the fuck do you keep that to your, like... Yeah! Yeah, yeah, you told your new husband, but like, girl, that is your civic duty! Are you kidding me? Mm I don't know.
2: I think if Andrew came home and was like, Alright. We need to have a chat. I'm freaking out. I think, or like if it was one of you guys, I probably, I don't know. But the minute we're divorced, I'm That's like, what I'm saying! She's divo- Like, bitch, like, this wasn't working and super yeah. sorry, but go fuck yourself. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, you
1: can have the house. And re- mm-hmm. go to jail anyway.
0: Yeah, so I'm not sure if, like, they were still married and she was like, okay, whatever.
1: Yeah. And then she
0: remarried and was just like, oh, by the way. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that would come up in conversation, but She let her husband know. He let the police know.
1: Good for him. Good for him.
0: Yes. Oscar Ray Bolin was born on January 22nd, 1962 in Portland, Indiana, to a family of laborers and carnival workers. His home life was anything but amazing. His father would beat him. And according to Wikipedia, his mother would also abuse him in like. Different ways. Apparently, one time she put a leash on him and literally walked him down to his bus stop. Okay. Why? I don't know. That's insane.
1: What a good mom. hmm
2: Like, I've seen, like, child leashes because kids are unruly, but I highly doubt that's what they mean. No. I think he was like- This sounds like abuse, whereas what I see is an overwhelmed mom in a mall trying to keep her kids out of trash cans. Yeah yeah okay even those to me are a little weird but <laughs> i like the backpack ones the backpack ones i can get behind oh yeah those ones are a little cuter true yeah, yes very true
0: when oscar was a teenager he started to get into some trouble with the law yeah. at the age of 15 he was arrested in ohio for stealing He then moved to Florida in the 1980s where he started a job as a carnival worker and a lawn haul truck driver. Two years later, he abducted his then girlfriend, so Cheryl, and drove her around the Tampa area for hours until he was arrested for false imprisonment um, or whatever. But then the charges against him were later dropped. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if he was like, he abducted Cheryl, they drove around, or if they were just out for a long time. In some, I don't know what was happening. I only read this on Wikipedia, so take that with a grain of salt, maybe. But, anyways, the charges against him were dropped, mm-hmm. and the two wound up marrying in 1983 <sighs> in Hillsborough County.
1: Okay, so maybe she's not all that there either. If she's. No, it sold. sounds like an
2: abusive relationship. You're right. So, uh, I don't know if this is 100% true, but I remember a story in my high school where this girl. Like, her boyfriend put her in the trunk of his car and drove around for a while.
0: Whoa. And
2: they stayed together for a bit after. Everyone's like, what are you doing, girlfriend? And I could not remember if it was, like, exactly that or if the details got, like, escalated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes
1: people don't know that that's
2: not normal. Well, like, you yeah. wouldn't believe, like, he was going through something. Like, I would never love someone who's, like, crazy. mm mm-hmm. yep. But guess what, people? You do sometimes. If he locks you in the car, lock him out of your heart. Yeah.
1: If you ever don't feel safe, it's not.
2: No. mm God, this poor lady. Oof.
0: During the interview, Cheryl told officers that Ray disposed of Terry's body with the help of his younger half-brother, Philip Bolin, who at the time of Terry's murder was only 13 years old. Authorities seeked Philip out, uh, Philip out and questioned him, and he told authorities that everything Cheryl had told them is true. Oh. A- According to his account of events, Philip had been woken up by Oscar on the early morning of December 5th, and he was told to go outside because he needed help with something. Philip was like, all right, whatever you say. Thanks, bro. Mm Mm-hmm. But when he walked out of the trailer, he immediately knew something was wrong. On the ground was a large form wrapped in a white sheet that was making gurgling noises. Oscar heard the sounds, which seemed to startle him, and he grabbed a wooden tire buddy, which has, like, a metal piece at the end, and repeatedly struck the sheet until the noises stopped.
2: No, no, no.
0: (laughs) Oscar told Philip to turn on the garden hose, which he says he refused to do, so Oscar turned it on himself, opened the sheet to reveal a woman's face, and put the hose in her mouth. Why? Why? Just, I guess, to, like, drown her in case she wasn't already dead.
2: I think she's dead. I don't think she's coming back. Yeah. What a monster.
0: Phillip's description of the woman was a match for Terry and um, also how they had discovered her at the crime scene. So that makes sense why like her clothes and her body had been wet. Wet. Yeah.
1: It's not just like, it's not (gasps) just like blood wet. It's.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because they, they don't like, I don't think it had rained like any time or the night before. So they were like, this is kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I feel like that wouldn't even be, like, a mention if it had been raining. Yes. Like, wouldn't even say she's wet, like...
2: Yeah. Sarah. Literally, drowning sounds terrible, and you already did all this other stuff. And there's a
1: chance that you were alive, though. Like, there's a chance that she felt that.
2: Yes. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Oh, okay.
0: Oscar then ordered (laughs) Philip to come with him to help dump Terry's body. He completely refused to go with oscar but he did help him load his, uh, her body into a tow truck All right. philip only told his best friend at the time about what had happened but he was so scared of what oscar might do to him that he kept the events of that morning to himself for all those years
2: party would probably want to believe like that didn't happen like i am losing my mind and he was He's just tweaked out or something like i think i would literally like take it put it in a box and be like I think I'm losing it. We'll talk to a therapist about this in 20 yeah. years.
0: Yeah. And he was 13. So it's like, who is he? Wait, what? Philip was 13 at the time.
2: I missed that detail.
0: Yeah. So th- like if he went to someone, do you think they would like really believe him?
2: No. Especially if this family is known to be a little uh, abusive and crazy. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, all right, well, you want How wanna- old was <gasps> the
1: dude Oscar?
0: I think he was around 20-ish.
1: Shh. Okay.
0: 20 ish is
2: what I'm thinking. I didn't get an exact answer. So, okay. At 20, my biggest crime is using a fake ID. (gasps) Sarah? Yes. (gasps) Began's. Oh my god, okay.
1: Mine was like stealing a shot glass from a frat party.
2: (gasps) You (gasps) animal. I know.
1: Lock us up. I was also a lighter thief. Oh, shocking, I know.
2: (laughs) I can't (laughs) believe you never (laughs) told me.
0: So after this, Cheryl dropped another bomb on police. She informed them that she was with Oscar when he dumped a different victim's body. And she had apparently even helped him get rid of some evidence. Again, that's the only information I have on that. But anyways, on January 25th, 1986, a Tampa jogger was getting an early start to his morning when he spotted something in a nearby Lutz Orange Grove that he couldn't quite place. When he went to investigate, he discovered the body of a woman who had been brutally stabbed to death. Oh, God. Investigators were able to identify the woman as 25-year-old Natalie Blanche Holly, a manager at a church's fried chicken in Tampa who had been uh, at work earlier that morning.
1: This is why I don't run. You never know what you're going to see.
0: Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia, Natalie was last seen around 1.30 a.m. locking up the restaurant with a co-worker oh. and heading to her car. No one was ever arrested for her murder. The interviews with Cheryl and Philip ultimately led to Oscar's arrest, who was currently serving a 25 to 75-year sentence for the kidnap and rape of a 20-year-old truck stop cashier in Toledo, Ohio. According to Dan Sullivan's reporting for the Tampa Bay Times, the 20-year-old had just gotten a promotion in November 1987, and she had stayed late for a training when she got outside to walk to her car, She spotted a man standing in front of it. In her interview, the woman said the man, Oscar, made a gesture with his hands like he was rolling a joint, maybe going to offer it to her. And she just shook her head no and moved towards the door to unlock it. Quote, the next thing I knew, there was a gun pointing at me and I'm being told to move over. He said he was running from the law and wanted my car. Everything inside me told me I was in great danger. End quote. Boland drove her to a secluded area where two other men were waiting in a semi-trailer truck. Oscar assaulted her at gunpoint while the men drove them around for five hours. For what I'm sure felt like a million years, the men finally stopped driving, pulled over to the side of a Pennsylvania highway. Oscar opened the door and then told her to run. Oh my God. Terrifying. Eventually, one of the accomplices reached out to authorities regarding the incident, which is what led to Oscar's capture and arrest.
2: Can you imagine? Like,
1: you already just went through all this trauma. Your body's telling you to probably shut down. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, run. And you don't even know if he's if he's going to let you get yeah. an inch away and then shoot you, four feet away and shoot you, run you over.
0: I'd probably
2: freeze. Because no one be else- like. Have, have like Rick on flashbacks from Game of Thrones who's like run across the field. Oh my
0: God, yes. He's getting ready. Oh, you did. I skipped Thrones. a bunch of
2: seasons. I'd say spoiler alert, but it's He's not getting ready. Out. Basically, here's what happens. They capture the youngest Stark boy in the Stark family.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this guy is psycho. And then his brother is across this field. The are Man of started a war. And he's like, go run to your brother. And so he's running like he's sprinting because he knows he's in danger. Mm-hmm. And the guy who told him the to run was shooting arrows at him the whole time, and then he kills him in front of his brother.
0: Yes, granted, he did not zigzag. That's where he went wrong. He was running in a straight line. He zig. could have been—I don't know—someone like
1: how you survive some some arrows, and two, that's also how you survive an alligator attack. They can only—they cannot run quickly in a zigzag. Just so oh, you know.
2: I just fact. don't know if my brain would be like zigzag. I'm like get out. Well, get out! true, true. Sorry, to everyone's in, ears but... in the moment. Yes, <laughs> I could agree. I yeah. just imagine everyone turning the volume down. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure this woman was just completely what terrified. Your- She's there, no name. She, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, it, okay. It's never been released since she was um, assaulted. Oh, God. The investigation into Terry's and Natalie's murders led to questions regarding a third unsolved murder case where the victim just so happened to have been discovered on the same day Terry was found. The body of 17-year-old Stephanie Ann Collins, who had mysteriously disappeared from a drugstore parking lot the month prior, was found in Hillsborough County, Florida, wrapped in sheets.
1: She was found the same night Terry was assault, was killed?
0: Yes. So her body was found the same day Terry's body was found. But Stephanie had been gone for a month. She had, yeah, vanished a month before. Wow. She had also suffered from blunt force injuries similar to Terry. In the early 1990s, Oscar underwent three separate trials for each woman's murder. In July 1991, Oscar was convicted of Natalie Holly's murder. Three months later, he was found guilty of murdering Stephanie Collins. And in 1992, he was found guilty of killing Terry Matthews. In each trial, he was sentenced to life in prison. But in Terry's, he was given the death sentence. Of course, my story doesn't end there, though, because it's <laughs> never that simple. According to Murderpedia, the Florida Supreme Court reversed all three convictions in 1995 and ordered three new trials. They ruled that the jury shouldn't have been allowed to hear Cheryl Kobe's testimony since it was protected by Florida's spousal privilege rules. Get out. Yeah. Oh, my God. So this means that even though Cheryl was now divorced from Oscar, the conversations they had while they were husband and wife were still considered confidential.
1: What about her taking part in it? Is that, conf- is that husband and wife privilege?
2: I guess so. I thought that was more like uh, like I plead the fifth. Like if you're still married, you can be like, go, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But if you're you divorced. Have the, you have
1: the right to not speak. Yes.
2: Apparently not.
1: Oh my god. Well, the, uh, I hope her current husband's shit is allowed.
0: Yeah, but all he has is just what Cheryl told That's him. So now it's not yeah. hearsay. say Exactly. They also ruled that the case had too much pre-trial publicity and there had been, like, uh, issues with the jury selection. So Oscar went through another three trials, was found guilty of murder in each one, and was sentenced to death. But the Florida Supreme Court reversed the convictions yet again, which is, like, the worst version of Groundhog Day ever. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently prosecutors used Cheryl's testimony again. And they tried to argue against this decision, stating that Oscar had attempted suicide in prison and had reportedly wrote a suicide note, which was his way of waiving his rights to privilege, whatever, whatever. Mm. I think the worst part of it all is the fact that like all three victims' mothers are sitting in on all of these trials and there's just no end result. Like they think they're getting something and then it's reversed. And then they think they're getting something again and justice is served, but then it's reversed.
1: I'm sick. That's terrible.
0: It is terrible. Oscar, however, was unconcerned because he was living the prison newlywed life. Shut up. In 1996, Oscar got married by telephone ceremony to Rosalie Martinez a former death penalty mitigation expert for the Hillsborough County Public Defender's Office and mother of four who had worked on Oscar's case before his second round of trials and who had previously been married to a defense attorney.
2: One day I will cover the psychology of women who like,
0: I, yes, prisoners,
2: not at all what you peg.
1: No,
0: it's bonkers. Someone to
2: be. Holy oh. shit! Mm-hmm. He's not a project, he's not a N project. He is not gonna change. Yes. Oh, high scratchels. Okay.
0: Rosalie's superiors realized she was spending a little too much time on Oscar's case compared to all the others she had on her caseload. So the public defender's office removed her uh, from the case. She was later banned from the hillsborough County Jail after she was spotted stroking Oscar's neck and a love note she had sent to Oscar uh, had been discovered. She started working as a private investigator and became Oscar's number one supporter. Rosalie believes to this day that he was entirely innocent and she's let everyone know how she feels. Oh,
1: my. okay. So she's literally a psycho.
2: Yes. Insane. Wow. Mm hmm. Okay. Mm hmm. I'm trying to think was there any. I guess there's enough evidence to say maybe he was framed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's. A few things I'll get into, okay. but I just think it like zero to 100 real quick. You go from just like working on this case to like, I'm in love with you and I'm going to divorce my husband and marry you.
2: Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So she
0: had, she was married to a defense attorney, had four kids. Oh, oh, she,
1: oh I thought she was divorced yes. from that and then married
2: him. She was still married when she fell in love with him.
0: I, that's yeah.
2: Holy shit. Okay. this woman's... And I was concerned for a lady who was just in his car, like locked up for a while. Lady. No. Who it okay. I'm not well.
0: Yeah, pretty crazy little sidebar <laughs> going on.
2: He's dangerous. hmm
0: At the age of 39, Oscar began his seventh trial for the murder of Terry Matthews. The prosecution oh, no. believed that Terry's death was an opportunity killing. Cheryl and Oscar had a post office box at the same facility Terry stopped at on her way home. According to Murderpedia, Oscar's box was mere feet away from the Matthews' box. Cheryl had checked into Tampa General Hospital around the same time, and she had asked Oscar to stop by the Land Lakes post office facility to grab her social security check she should be receiving that day. Cheryl informed officers that the following day, Oscar had given her the check. The bed she Terry had been found in was later identified as one that belonged to St. Joseph's Hospital in Tampa, which was a hospital Cheryl used to go to, and occasionally she'd take a few things along with her when she was uh, cleared to go home. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Why not? again,
2: if that's the worst crime in this thing, that's totally fine. Yeah. But it does not.
0: No. Wow. The tire tracks that crime scene technicians had made note of at the scene appeared to belong to a few vehicle that had two tires in the front and four tires in the back. A tire expert examined the tread marks and was able to determine that one of the treads was made by a Cooper brand tire. Interestingly, in December 1986, Oscar had been a trainee for a wrecker company in Tampa. The vehicles they work with have two tires in the front and four tires in the back. On the day of Terry's murder, the company received a call regarding a stranded car in Pasco County, and while Oscar was supposed to have another employee with him, he begged to complete the job on his own. Robert Kales, the owner of the company, wasn't ready to send Oscar out on a solo job just yet, but his wife, Rosemary, who was co-owner of the company, thought, what the heck, why shouldn't he get a chance to like go out and do this on his own?
2: Did you watch interviews with him? Like, is he the smoothest talking guy to women? Oh, yeah. God. Because it seems like all these guys are like, hmm, something's not right. And the women always come to his defense like, oh, you're being so hard on him. hmm God. Okay.
0: So they sent Oscar out and expected him to return back in the afternoon. However, they only heard from him once when he contacted them to get clearance to accept a personal check from the person whose car he was towing. Mm-hmm. As the hours went by and there was no more word from Oscar, the tales closed up shop and headed home for the night. Sometime in the middle of the night though, Rosemary told officers that she woke up to static coming from her CB radio she had placed on her nightstand. She recognized Oscar's voice coming through, but there was so much static. She couldn't make out what he was saying at all. Hmm. So she's like talking to him like, Hey, go to the nearest payphone." Call yeah. me that way, but Oscar never did. By mid morning the next day, Oscar finally returned back to the shop with the record. According to Rosemary, he was disheveled and was wearing the same outfit he had worn the other day. When the Kales questioned him about his absence, Oscar said he had gotten lost. When Terry's murder made it onto a news report that day, Rosemary stated that Oscar appeared pumped up by the news.
1: Uh, cute.
0: Mm hmm. And I didn't necessarily put this in, but I had read that. um, So uh, Robert, sorry, I was trying to remember his name. So Robert Kale actually committed suicide a little after this, and he believed Oscar was the one who committed the murder. And he had even called Rosemary before he did it, and he was like, "We never should have hired him." And like, very upsetting. So
1: wait, that's the owner of the car of the truck. The owner, yes, yeah
0: very sad so it was it just sat with him <gasps> for a while probably and some other stuff going on uh, y- yes i'm sure other stuff going on too but that was one thing
2: that's hard on your mind,
0: mm-hmm. really hard on your mind. yeah
2: that sucks because you want to give everyone a chance like uh. yeah exactly and he probably feels really bad like i i didn't listen to my gut yeah yeah
0: like if i wouldn't have let him go maybe this wouldn't have happened you know The DNA evidence found at the scene wasn't an exact match to Oscar, but prosecutors said that may have been due to deterioration that happened before the sample was collected. I'd have to do way more digging into this, and I did not have time. So what they're saying is the semen samples had the presence of type A blood, but Oscar had type AB blood. So they're saying like the B part just wasn't picked up or like deteriorated. Does that happen? Does someone know this? Does it Do It does know? happen? It okay. happened in the
2: Andre Chikatilo case.
0: Ooh, okay.
2: They thought for a long time that your semen whatever was the same as your blood, but in a very like rare instances, it is not the same. That's how okay. he got away for
0: so long. Good to know. I'm glad you have answers because I didn't have time to look like I'm, into this whoa, more. I'm
2: never secretly ashamed that I was able to pull that out, but yes. No, don't okay. be. <laughs> so smart. Oh my gosh. Well they
0: did. Okay, good to know. They did do true. more complex testing of the semen sample, which determined that five out of six bands of DNA were a match to Oscar. According to a statistician, this means that there was only a one in 2,000 chance that the semen belonged to someone else other than Oscar.
1: And guess what? There's no other suspect, so it's you.
0: Wait, <laughs> true. Oh the prosecution used all of this evidence to present a possible timeline of events they believe that sometime between December 4th and December 5th, after finishing up the job Oscar was sent out to do, he stopped by the Land Lakes post office to pick up Cheryl's social security check. Terry was either already there or had arrived shortly after Oscar did, and when she grabbed her mail and tried to return to her car, Oscar grabbed her and forced her into his vehicle. He then drove her to his camper trailer located near his parents' home where he raped her, he told it, Terry to get dressed, and once she was clothed, he stabbed her in the throat and chest and wrapped her body in a bedsheet. He assumed she was dead when he went to get Philip, but when they walked outside, he was surprised to find out she was still alive, which is why the gurgling. he bludgeoned her. Yeah. yeah. Once Terry's body was in his vehicle, he drove a little over a mile to dump her body near a vacant lot.
1: Did the brother not know that, this, that it was a person? Why the fuck would he just start beating something? Why would he not talk to his brother? That's not the only thing that I'm like, I'm not, it doesn't sit well with me.
0: I'm assume. I, I assume he knew. What I think is he was maybe too scared. Panicked. Panicked. He is pretty young. Like he's in, I, he's if 13, third- he's in middle school.
2: My ass would be like, whoa, and like run away. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. a kid. That's fine. All right. So humans do what they're told to do. We've seen this over and over and over again. Sounds like his parents sucked. His older brother yeah. is scary, and he is telling you to do yeah. this, or it could be you. Uh-huh.
0: Like, and there's another little part I'll get into that I think is interesting, and I could see why maybe he held on to it also. But, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm leaning more towards Sarah's side. Yes, it stinks, I wish he would have, like, said something to police, but I don't know if it even would have yeah, mattered too much.
2: He's also 13. I can see, like, maybe an adult, like our age, Thinking twice, like... Ugh. It's hard
1: not to be in that mindset. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't be... I can't think about... I can think, like, maybe how I would have been at 13, but we're not 13.
2: I also had a very pleasant upbringing, so I don't know if I could Correct. even... Yes. Correct. Yes. Yes. Like, the lines of right and wrong were very obvious in my household. hmm
0: yep. mm-hmm. The defense tried to argue that the prosecution's evidence was circumstantial they stated sure. that Oscar was not caught on the Landa Lakes post office security footage, so they couldn't prove that Oscar had been there at the same time Terry had been.
2: That is weird though.
0: Yeah. yeah not not really sure um, about that. They said that Oscar's ex-wife, Cheryl, who at the time had passed away, never put a bed sheet on the list of items she had taken from St. Joseph's Hospital. A defense expert argued that the tire tracks were not made by a dual-wheel vehicle, but then, like in this article I read on Murderpedia, it went on to say that if they were, they might have been made by a moving van, delivery truck, or pickup truck that has that dual-wheel design. They also argued that the company's business records didn't state whether the tow truck Oscar used that day uh, was equipped with Cooper brand tires in 1986, which is what the prosecution has been stating. Mm-hmm. By the time the investigation into Oscar was underway, the tow truck had been damaged in a fire and the tires had been destroyed in the process. I think they were destroyed and thrown away. <laughs>
2: of course. Of course. I'm just laughing out of frustration. I'm sorry. I'm just like, oh, yeah, of course. Yes,
0: yeah. They also were not on board with the prosecution story about the type B blood deteriorating from the semen samples. However, we know that happens. So mm-hmm. good to know.
2: I know they can be different. I don't know if they can deteriorate, but I know they can be different, different. than their blood. Okay.
0: They, um believed, though, the defense said that the blood investigators, uh, excuse me, the DNA investigators collected the scene came from a person with only type A blood.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Lastly, they argued that Cheryl's testimony was hearsay and Philip's account couldn't be believed because he had continuously changed his story. So he kind of went like back and forth between like, yes, this is it. No, never mind that didn't happen. Yes, it did. But he said this was due to his family pressuring him in order to help Oscar out. So, I could see why he would want to even keep on to it because of like his family knew he said that and threw like his half brother like, yeah. under the bus. Mm-hmm. That it sounds like they're like wouldn't they're well all
2: psycho, but you also like you don't betray your family. Yeah, I yeah. can see That's, that. That's yeah, and then his conscience is still like, uh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. What's yeah. the actually right situation here? Yeah, yeah, god, that poor guy.
0: Yeah, at 13, okay. I couldn't. Ooh. Could not imagine.
2: Man, I barely knew how to wear a bra. The hell? <laughs> <laughs> I do never, I never want to be 13 again. No. No. Rough time, man.
0: In 2001, Oscar was again sentenced to death for the murder of Terry Matthews. This time, the Florida Supreme Court upheld the decision. And by 2005, Woo! he was finally reconvicted of Natalie's and Stephanie's murders as well. In an interview with WTVT, he described his upcoming execution as a release from his punishment after having been locked in prison for the past 28 years. However, he continued to claim his innocence, stating that he had been framed and that evidence had been tampered with and planted at the crime scenes.
2: <laughs> All three of them? Oh, really?
1: Of
0: course.
2: Shouldn't you pick an emotion like either you feel released like ah, finally it's all out there everyone knows or Mm -hmm. I didn't do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe like it was more of a release from like blame like if he's not there it's like he no longer can take the blame like I'm finally out of here. I don't know. Whatever.
2: Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Oscar's execution was set for January, and he attempted to file a last-minute appeal, but it was denied. (laughs) He spent three hours with his wife and ate a last meal consisting of a ribeye steak, a baked potato, salad, garlic bread, lemon meringue pie, and Coca-Cola. He had a freaking feast. Jesus. Oscar Ray Bolin was the first person to be executed in the United States in 2016. He died by lethal injection at the age of 53- on January 7th, 2016, at 10.16 p.m. After going through 10 trials together, Terry and Stephanie's mothers were present for the execution, and Natalie's mother, um, they said, was there in spirit. Um, She had passed away sometime before that execution had happened.
1: Uh, You said January 16th?
0: January 7th, 2016.
1: damn. There's a lot of 16s, and I was like, what if it was all 16? So, it was it 1016, 2016? I was like, Oof. oh, yeah, there's
0: kind of. Okay, I thought, I thought it was you, going on a. Thanks
1: said the 16th. I just got
2: goosies. Okay. No, Ooh. no, no, no. Don't take me on this train with you. Look at my arms. <laughs> yes! <laughs> my hairs are standing up.
0: <laughs> According to Oscar's cousin, Douglas Tedro, there was a fourth victim that no one knew about. He claimed that he and Oscar had abducted 30 year old Deborah Diane Stowe outside a Greenville, Texas convenience store in 1987. Both men raped Deborah, but Oscar strangled her to death. I read on Wikipedia that Texas prosecutors decided not to indict Oscar due to the multiple murder charges he was facing and serving Mm -hmm. in Florida. Other unsolved cases that detectives believe may be linked to Oscar include the April 1985 killings of Lisa Eisman and Kim Vaccaro. 20-year-old college students who had hitchhiked to Florida and were later found in the Hillsborough River near Interstate 75, the death of 22-year-old Connie Louise Collins-Jones, whose body was discovered in the same river on November 19th, 1984, and the death of 25-year-old Sharon Joan Hopper, an exotic dancer who was found dead in Lutz in 1985. Unfortunately, investigators have found no evidence leaking Oscar to these murders, and they remain unsolved today. And that is the story of serial killer Oscar Ray Boleyn.
2: Alrighty. We had a dream submission. It's been a minute. I thought I'd bring it back from Madeline. Um, Okay. And she says, in this dream, my friend Jesse is pregnant. I'm in a house with a group of my friends. Everything is great. And then I hear people start saying, Jesse is bleeding. Obviously, Jesse is freaking out. And I was trying to comfort her, and I started explaining, like, hey, don't worry. People bleed when they're pregnant all the time. As long as just, like, a little bit of blood, it's totally cool. So then Jessie leaves, which I'm assuming is to go to the hospital. And then I get told that she was bleeding from her eyelid. (gasps) And my first thought in the dream was, like, what a baby. It's just her eyelid. Her kid's all good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no and then my friend agreed that jesse was being ridiculous and then i woke up <laughs> oh my god my dream logic is insane so oh, Lord. take me on this roller coaster yes mm-hmm. i love this dream one because it's not really a nightmare and i have been doing research for our next episode so i've only been having nightmares as you can yep. imagine cool, cool. um yeah you're in store for a doozy next. <laughs> yeah. Um. And two, because it, like I said, shows perfect dream logic. Like you're looking at your friend Jesse in the face to explain she's fine and you don't notice any blood or cuts. You're good. It's all good. People bleed. Um, So if we were to break this down just a bit, there are a couple themes. One, someone is pregnant and worried about their health. Two, there's prevalence of some kind of wound of some kind. And three, you remain calm the entire time. Like it doesn't seem like you ever panicked. Yeah. So let's take a look at these symbols. So dreaming that someone is pregnant is actually a very large um, theme in dreams. I didn't realize that, but as soon as I started typing it in, that was the first thing that popped up. Like, hmm. what happens if I'm dreaming someone's pregnant? Whoa! Yeah, apparently oh. it's... I've ever seen a pregnant person in my That's dreams. That's what I was going to say. I don't think I have either. Huh. Apparently it's maybe we're not the right age yet. I don't know. Hmm. I guess we probably will be now. Everyone's getting married. Who knows? Really? Huh. Um. So, fun fact, it does not mean that person is actually pregnant. That is not what that dream means. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. It is commonly associated with feelings that have not been expressed or ones that are left inside yourself, if that makes sense. So, if, if I dream that you're pregnant, it's feelings that I have inside me? Yeah, I think, like, about the person that's pregnant. Whoa. I am like oh. pregnant with my feelings. Probably. <gasps> Morgan, not <in> the hair. <laughs> <okay>. Come on. <laughs> my parents listen um two would be a new thought or way of thinking so a lot of pregnancy dreams they really reflect like new starts in life and that could be for good or bad um it also represents a huge change happening so oh a change happening in someone else's life this is one of the few explanations i've ever seen that shows another person in your dream does not actually represent you like, you could okay. be watching this person go through a big change, and then in your dream, you just kind of like lump that into like a baby. Like, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if I know you're about to move across the country for a big job, and then in a dream, I see you pregnant, like, that could, it links. Okay. If that makes sense. New like, yeah, it's like a visual way to see a change that's happening that you know is coming.
1: Okay. So, like, if you, before you moved, if I was like, whoa, Sarah's pregnant, it could be because, like, you're getting a new house.
2: Mm hmm. Oh, Whoa. okay.
1: Pregnant with a house Here's a brick
2: home. Oh. <laughs> oh, she's mighty much. It's a brick baby, is what I have. Really. <laughs> um. Okay. It could also, it, instead, directly show the change happening in you and someone else's relationship, and you may not be happy about it. Um. Mm-hmm. Even if you wanted to stop this change, there really isn't anything you can do about it. So I do want to point out. But this more so applies if you felt unhappy in the dream, which it sounds like you did not. You're more indifferent. So we're going to skip past this one, but it is an option.
1: Okay.
2: Um, And lastly, my favorite, it could symbolize a subconscious desire to see your friend happy. A lot of people associate like a glowing mother with pregnancy. So I am choosing to believe this one. I'm good with that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So we're going to move on to dreams of wounds on someone's body. Um. This is supposed to indicate that you are doing something you don't like. Like maybe is your job frustrating you? Um, Do you not like the amount that you're able to see your friend at the moment? Okay, the fact that you thought or heard that this person was bleeding means they may actually need your help in like your waking life. So is this person going through a stressful time? Do they have a conflict with someone that you maybe could help ease the tension? Um... I am leaning on this definition most, mostly because you did talk her down, even though you could not see the cut. So good points to you. She's <laughs> not always believing. imagine <laughs> if, like, that's, like, I'm bleeding, like, you're fine, you're fine. And then she turns around, it's, like, just, like, <laughs> yeah, out of her eye. Turns
0: <gasps> into a nightmare.
2: <laughs> I just imagine an SNL skit, like, man, I'm really, I have a huge headache. And they turn around, and it's, like, a yes. huge thing in their face, like, no, it's great. Well, you don't have a huge lump moving under your skull. No. no. Totally cool. <laughs> totally cool. Um, and lastly, I want to look at remaining calm for the whole dream because we have never had a dream written in where someone is just totally chill. Yeah. Very, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're almost too calm. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> this is great. This never happens. It's super great. Um, this usually means that you are happy in life. That um, if you aren't stressed... Okay, so if you aren't stressed, like you said in the dream, and you didn't even see the cut that everyone else saw, it shows that you are very satisfied in your own life.
1: Cool. Like, if anything cool. is
2: coming apart, you're not bothered by it. Shh.
1: Bleeding from your face? It's fine. It'll all be okay.
2: <laughs> Just a little eyelid cut. Yeah, It's not like you need those. No. Um, so, overall, I would say, although it is a little weird, <laughs> um, which, I mean, makes sense. You wouldn't have have remembered it if it wasn't weird. Um, it sounds like you really love your friend, but you're kind of watching them go through a stressful time. So you yourself, you're happy, but you may not know how to help your friend get to that stage. So try Ooh. reaching out. It seems like you have a lot of love to give. Thank you. Oh my God. It nice. was the most pleasant dream interpretation I have done since we started.
0: Yeah. That was a nice little pick me up after my yeah. story. So <laughs> you no,
2: know, as the deer is like, no, this is good. Yeah. This, this worked <laughs> out really well.
1: Me, uh, it's a good thing you don't have a good level head. (laughs) It's the book game, you know. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, We are 95 years old. It's fine. But yeah. yeah, I've already taken a nap. It's not even two o'clock today, so. I envied your nap. I rested. I rested. My eyes were open. I was watching TikTok. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. It even said, normally when it comes up in the morning, like, hey, you've been scrolling for a little bit, I normally am like, you're right. And I swipe out. No, man, I went past (laughs) it.
2: Just, Don't tell me how to live. I signs.
1: Going. I kept going, and I like it because it was that. It's the one where the guy goes, "Hold on, you've been scrolling for way too long," and I said, "No, I haven't." Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, there's another one. that's more calm, like, mm, not that one. So I got, I got spicy back. Do it. Get spicy. Mm-hmm. Well, our next episode coming at you is a group episode. Ooh. So look forward to that. Um, ladies, sixty-five is
2: complete, I think. Yeah. It yep. stayed alive and now, goodbye. <laughs> 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 oh, this rhymes are hard. Maybe I should have also rested. It's okay.
1: it's okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's okay, honey. Yeah. Thank you. Alright, well, uh, if you like what you hear, Head on over to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Um, it'd be great if you could leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us stay relevant. Um, if you have any topic suggestions, crazy things that have happened to you, if you know have a crazy dream, if you mm-hmm. know something about a true crime, if you know a ghost or two, uh, write into <laughs> Sinister Sunrise Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I yep. think so. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Bye.